I struggle with operating um, technical equipment here. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chuck, do you have anything else? Chuck, are you awake? Yes, I'm Okay, here. I thought I'm you here. saw you had your head I, down I there. The QMC Board and Collar Series for EMS Professionals welcomes you to Excuse My Medic, the podcast version of an MCI with Gary Harvat, Chuck Humphrey, and Ed Marasco. Excuse My Medic takes a unique look at today's emergency medical service with news and information, opinionated discussions, lively talk, sporadic jabs, and even a few belly laughs from our world of emergency medical services. Excuse My Medic is brought to you by Quick Med Claims, a national leader in emergency medical service revenue cycle management and reimbursement consulting. Now, hang on to the bench seat and tighten your lap belt as these old guys from EMS Past take you on a Code 3 ride without touching the brakes. You've had the disclaimer, and if you're still brave enough to stick it out, let's get started. Take it away, guys. Well, good day, everyone, and welcome to another zany, fun-filled, informative edition of Excuse My Medic. My name is Gary Harvat, and I am one of the your three hosts today. I'm joined by my colleagues, Chuck Humphrey, from up in Danville, Pennsylvania. Good morning, Chuck. Hello, Gary. It's good to be with you once again. And, of course, uh, my traveling guy, he happens to be in Pittsburgh this week, uh, Ed Marasco. Welcome, Ed. Hey, Gary. Good to be with you as always. Well, I got to I gotta tell you guys, uh, I'm a little under the, I'm not ill, but a little under the weather. I had a, uh, my day started yesterday in Seattle. As you know, um, this classifies as things you do for your kids. So um, my, uh, my son calls me about uh, uh, two or three weeks ago and says, uh, Dad, uh, uh, can you do us a favor? I said, yeah, sure, what do you need? You know, willing to do anything. He's like, um, well, we're going to be going to Italy because his wife's uh, family is in Italy and wanted to see if you'd be willing to, to come out and dog sit. <laughs> dog sit. I said, yeah. okay, um, how long are you gone for? Just two weeks. It, the just was the operative word there, just two weeks. Um, and so I just came back. Uh, and by the way, he asked me this on a Thursday. And I said, well, when are you going? Thinking maybe next month. Something. I'm going, we're going Tuesday, like four days. So um, off I go on a plane, Alaska Air, had a nice flight out. And then coming back, no fault of Alaska Air, great people, great, great airline. Um, as you might have seen last night over the Midwest, there was some terrible, terrible storms. And so um, got out of Seattle with no problem whatsoever, but uh, we uh, hung a, a, a right uh, around Nebraska and went all the way down to almost to Texas uh, to get around the storms then come back home. So we were late getting in, uh, but I'm back on Eastern time. That three hours on the West Coast really plays havoc. I don't know, the two hours doesn't bother me much, but that three hours, I was just 
all out of sorts. So if I tend to fumble on my words or worse yet, fall asleep at the wheel here today, guys, which, you know, there's, not that you've never done. That. There's precedence for that, as we know. Um, <laughs> we don't we want to tell that story today, but um, we know that can happen. But uh, I'm, a, I'm a little weary, but I'll be OK. And Ed, how about you? What's life been doing with you and your family? Well, I got to tell you, I'm depressed because and I'm going to fess up right now at the beginning. I cost you and I some money yesterday. 412, Ed? 412, Gary. So for, for our listeners, yesterday was 412, and I was talking to Gary yesterday, and there was a couple of in, there's interesting things about 412. First of all, in western Pennsylvania, it's the area code. So on April 12th every year, people in western Pennsylvania wear black and gold in honor of all of our sports teams, which you know are always clad in black and gold. And it was also, yesterday was opening day of Pirate Baseball, uh, which is also a big day. It's the one day a year we have hope for our baseball team. And of course, after the loss, you wipe all that out. But the, the first pitch for the game was at 412, which I was informing Gary of yesterday while he was still in Seattle. And then of course, my 88 year old mother, my mother yesterday, her birthday is April 12th, she turned 88. And at the same time, she was having her second knee replacement, having the other knee replaced after about six months ago, having the first knee replaced. So I was explaining all that to Gary, and he said, you got to go play the lottery. I said, what do you mean? He goes, guess what my flight number is coming back from Seattle? 412. 412. So on the way to go see Grandma yesterday at the hospital, I ran into the local convenience store, and I bought lottery tickets for the three-digit number here in Pennsylvania, 412. And, of course, you got to play it boxed, right? I know yeah. at least enough to know that. Um, because anyway, it comes out if it's four one two one two four, you get paid, right? So I was all excited, and so I got home last night after being at the hospital about eleven o'clock, and I said to my wife, "Hey, did you check the lottery number?" She said, "Yes, you won." I said, "Oh, that's fantastic." She goes, "It came out two nine four, and I said, "Well, <laughs> that's not four one two. She said, "Well, the wild ball was one, which means you won," and I said. What's the wild ball? Yeah, I was going to ask the same. <laughs> she said, you didn't play the wild ball? I said, no. So had oh. I played the wild ball, we would have had $500 to spend. Oh. As a consequence, oh. I played the wrong thing. Oh, we got no. zero. Oh. Oh. I set you up so well. Yeah. I know. I know. Oh, my, my goodness. Oh, great. Well, uh, you know. Uh, easy come, easy go. Easy come, easy go. That's for sure. And Chuck, yes. Chuck is got a new bride yes. and he's taken a house gone down to the studs and now is in the middle or near the end of uh, well, a major renovation never, right uh, yeah, the word money pit the phrase <laughs> comes to mind <laughs> i'm telling you um so you know that we're nearly ready to move in so the appliances are delivered the other day uh, the plug for the stove doesn't work uh, it's got to oh. be replaced okay so the electrician's there, he'll he'll take care of that. Um, we brought the dryer in. Um, when they put the drywall up to replace the paneling we took down in the laundry room, you know, kind of an oversight on our part, we didn't notice the contractor never punched the hole for the dryer vent. So now Good we help. gotta punch, we gotta punch a hole. It's just been, um, so uh, God bless. So, you know, what you have to know about me is duct tape is my, tool of choice it's the only tool i have in my quiver however my wonderful bride is an absolute rock star on anything construction she can do plumbing she can do drywall she can paint like a 
So God bless her. She has been carrying the load for me. And then the, the final coup de gras was I nearly killed her the other night as we're carrying out the ladder from the painting. I go to make a turn and of course, clumsy me not realizing that I'm I'm forcing her off the side of the stairs. <laughs> she nearly died. So um, you know, if we get in this house and we're still both married and still alive to tell the story, uh, I'll have you all over to visit. <laughs> that would be that would be great. Well, we're all we're all busy, and it's been a it's been a, a few months since we've been together. I think we were better, uh, together the last time, maybe in in February, maybe around yeah. Valentine's Day. So it's good to be back with everybody and have a little fun here. I'm sure we've probably bored the listeners to tears between my story coming from Seattle to Pittsburgh and Ed's gambling loss and Chuck's. Uh, Chuck's uh, home renovations, um, but we actually do, believe it or not, folks, we have a guest today. Someone has agreed, surprising as it may be, to be right. a guest on our pro- our program today, and uh, I will let Ed do the honors, but folks, uh, this is going to be an interesting uh, tidbit in today's EM2, and we hope you'll enjoy it because I think there's... Uh, there's some great things happening as it relates to our industry and mobile integrated health. And uh, we've got a lady who can helpfully uh, tell us what she's doing to promote uh, that within our industry and uh, tell us all about it. So, Ed, I'll give you the honors and we'll go from there. So, Ed. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate it. And I'm already questioning her judgment for coming on the program today. But we are we are absolutely thrilled to have Martha Parabonio join us today. She is the executive director of the National Association of Mobile Integrated Healthcare Providers. And um, we're going to let Martha talk a little bit more about the association. But we're excited to have her because this is something, as Gary pointed out, that's evolving very rapidly in our community. So, Martha, welcome to the uh, to the show. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It's a great honor to be here. I thought it was a great honor to be here, and now I'm hearing that maybe I was just, you know, the one that agreed. No. <laughs> um, we fooled her. Guys. We fooled her. We coerced yes. her. Yes. No, it is a great honor to be with you guys, uh, and, and lots of fun as well. Great. Yeah, and I, uh, you know, I must, uh, I must admit, um, I, you know, Martha's been a great sport. She is not from the EMS world, so some of the behavior that you know we have in our community so to speak and none of that is more evident than on this program on a regular basis for sure um but she she doesn't pale at all when she gets a gets up in front of those ems folks she's uh she's a trooper when it comes to dealing with our antics so thank you martha for being here so really the first question i have for you today and 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 this is really i think super important the listeners really need to to take note and pay attention here is tell us a little bit about um, how did the National Association come to be and what's the purpose? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So the National Association, we've really formed, the idea to form it came around right before COVID shutdown. Uh, so who, who remembers what year that was, right? Uh, was that 2020? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yes. right before that, a group of, of companies from across the nation that have been providing mobile integrated healthcare, although maybe it wasn't exactly called that, you know, for about six to eight years before, they had been meeting for about three years. Once a year, they would try to get together and kind of exchange ideas, you know, what are you doing? And uh, the age old question, how do you get paid for it? And uh, what are you seeing in your community? And finally, they got together February of that year and said, you know, this is really becoming bigger and it's really growing. Unbeknownst to them, what was about to happen, you know, uh, with COVID. 
which really propelled this industry forward. So uh, that last time they met in February, they said, let's form an association, and they did. Um, and a month later, we were all sent home, right? Um, so it kind of, you know, slept for a little while until the end of that year, we started coming out of it again, and they hired me. And yes, not from EMS world directly, although I do have, you know, family members in EMS world and in medical world, but I'm more from the nonprofit world, um, which, which could be good or could be bad. But I have a wonderful board of directors that comes from all areas of, of EMS world and brings their experience to the table. And basically, the idea was to bring people together from all over the country, from all walks of mobile integrated healthcare. Uh, which, which you know, the backbone, usually we think of the paramedic and directly EMS, but, you know, critical care workers, physicians, social workers, pharmacists, and the list goes on and on. And bring them together and form a partnership where we can hear from each other what's going on in our communities with mobile integrated healthcare, how we can educate the public, how we can um, ed uh, educate the workers, uh, how we can have open dialogue and business development within this area. And like I said, you know, unbeknownst to everybody, what COVID, if one positive thing COVID did was thrust forward this industry, because I think people began to see clearly that you don't need to go to the ER uh, to get help. Sometimes it's better to get uh, the, the the medical help you need in your own home. And, and from the provider's perspective, they began to see how beneficial it is sometimes to see the patient in their home setting. So a lot of good things came forward, but it's it's been a wild year and a half for the industry. Yeah, and you, as you point out, I mean, the tremendous, you know, sea change in how we deliver healthcare, you know, things like telemedicine that were, you know, starting to sort of develop that really never got a lot of attention and obviously you, know, you hit the nail on the head earlier on talking about you know getting paid follow the money and so I think you know what when some of those changes were made CMS allowed you know better reimbursement for telemedicine services you saw just a proliferation of providers moving into that space where prior to that maybe there wasn't so much so yeah exciting times and, and what a tremendous uh, tremendously challenging time to start a new organization um, I am very glad you and I've had a bunch of conversations before, and I'm very glad that you came from outside um, and from the not-for-profit world because you bring a unique perspective, and I think that's um, I think that's very helpful. You definitely for the, need for it. The association. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it is different, uh, but like I said, I rely a lot on my board of directors and on our members. I mean, our members, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But I always say membership has its responsibilities. Right. Yeah. Well, and actually, that's a great segue. So I, what I was going to ask is, tell me a little bit about who are the members and uh, and how do you interact with them? How does that all work? Yeah. So, I mean, our membership has grown so fast. We have over 80 agencies that are have become members of the association. Uh, right now, we have representation from 26 states or 27, maybe. Uh, literally, people sign up every day, which is great. At the beginning, we saw a lot more individuals. Now we're seeing a lot more of agencies coming through. So we have private ambulance agencies. We have fire department. Um, we have healthcare systems. And, and then we do have individuals, you know, social workers. We have people that work with health departments. So they just want to be involved in what's happening. 
um, usually as soon as a person becomes a member, I still get a notification and I try to reach out and, and establish a meeting with them and see what they're doing. You know, we, we see everything from programs who have been running for six, seven, eight years, programs that have a lot of programs that came to be with COVID again, you know, just started going out there and vaccinating people and doing tests, but now they're doing other things. Uh, or we see people who are just starting programs. So we have all kinds. So my job is to kind of talk to everybody, see where they're at, meet them where they're at and what they need, number one, but what they can give others in the association as well, because it's all about networking and helping each other um, and seeing each state is so different. And within each state, each community is different. That's the wonderful thing, but the difficult thing about mobile integrated healthcare, it's kind of tailored to the community's needs. It sure is. Martha, um, along those lines, what is the organization doing to um, better educate the, the EMS industry about this? I mean, are you having any, um, uh, you know, meetings, conferences? How are you getting the word out there? I, I'm interested to know because obviously it's something that you know, is the talk of the town right now in the EMS world, but, you know, we need an advocate, you being that, how are you promoting the organization with uh, the industry overall? Yeah, uh, so several ways. I mean, it's a daily task. It's a daily task, and, and here's one, you know, going on, if somebody will let me talk, I will take it and and promote the, the industry and promote the organization and what's going on, invite people to come. We try to put out educational resources on a regular basis. Um, they are on our website. Some are just for members, others we just put out for everybody because it's really resources that are out there anyway. We're just trying to gather them all in one place so people don't have to go out there and search for them. Honestly, there is not a whole lot of uh, uh, resources because it is a newer industry. So we are also, we have uh, committees that create uh, material uh, we did have a pre-conference uh, of EMS World in October. It was a uh, very successful, I would say. We had a lot of attendees, a lot of good material. Uh, it's funny you ask because on, uh, well, I don't, I, I don't know exactly when this is airing, but April 14th is our virtual conference um, that uh, is going to talk about clinical subjects, but also leadership within mobile integrated healthcare. And that's going to be a virtual event. And I know people are so tired of virtual events, um, but we decided we still needed to do it virtual to be able to reach all the people we wanted to across the country. It's gonna be really interesting with talks and then breakout rooms where people can really interact with each other and the speakers. Um, so that's a virtual event. And then it's going to live on Prodigy EMS uh, website for a year because it does bring continuing education units. And then we will be out back again at EMS World in October in Orlando with another pre-conference, uh, all dedicated to topics in MIH. And we are constantly going, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've never traveled as much as I have in the last year and a half, just going to different states and meeting either in their um, EMS meetings, uh, whether it's the state conference or their MSAC meetings or whatever we need to do, but reaching out and just getting the word out of who we are and inviting people to come along and lead the way in the industry. Sure, and, and as far as your summit goes, your virtual summit that you're hosting, do you know uh, what some of the topics will be? Do you have the uh, agenda or the curriculum 
just kind of yeah, interested in kind of what their whistle out there as far as uh, what you've got I have on. it all. Um, there's going to be um, three talks on leadership and just being a leader within MIH right now is difficult because you're having to not only do what all leaders do everywhere, which is being a leader is difficult, but you're having to convince people to follow you in a new industry that's a little bit uncharted and people still don't know a lot about. Sure. So you're having to convince them of why it's a good idea to, to follow you. So we have about three different talks on leadership within that. Um, we have a talk from the IVSC on the importance of certification uh, for the community paramedic. And this has been a really, I mean, it's out there. This is a topic. Some states are like, yes, we need IVSC certification. Some states are like, no, we don't really need it. So, you know, uh, we're going to have a talk on the importance of that and, and what the pros and cons may be around that. And then we have a lot of clinical, uh, we have four clinical talks. Um, I'm sorry, we also have another talk on data and getting your data and keeping your data. Because if, if MIH is to be successful, first of all, it feeds off the data we get. But also we have to prove that MIH works and we're only going to do that through data. So, so there's important. a big talk on that as well. And then we have a few, a uh, couple of clinical talks on um, just the differences between hospital world and MIH world, you know, doing it within brick and mortar and doing it in the patient's home and what those differences are. So I'm excited. And, and again, I'm excited about the formats because the talks are going to be fast. They're going to be 15 to 20 minute presentations, but then it's inviting the people that are there to ask questions and have an open conversation, which is always what we want to do with the association. We want open dialogue with everybody. Just curious here, and um, if you don't mind, I'll kind of take an extra minute here. Um, are you getting any pushback? Are you feeling that anybody's like, nah, this this is not going to go. This is going to be a flash in the pan. It's going to go out like disco music. Um, is, is anybody like, because be honest with you, when, we, when I talk to the EMS, many of our clients, and, and many of my friends, this is something, this is like manna from heaven. This is something they're waiting for, they want to do. They wanna do the community work. They wanna do community paramedicine. They wanna do the MAH. So I'm just wondering, you know, there's always two sides. Is anybody giving you pushback? And, and, and if so, I don't need to know who they are, but why, what's the reasoning? Yeah, and I, and I would lie if I would say, no, no, absolutely nobody out there is giving pushback on MIH. Um, but it's minimal. It, it honestly is minimal. What I find in the conversations I'm having is that every day more and more, it, you know, even the people that are like, so I'm not really sure what is mobile integrated healthcare and you explain it to them and they're like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what we need. How do we do it? Sure. You know, that's the general consensus. I would think, um, you know, there, there, there's always the nuances that we're going to have to decide on, on who does this and who has the training to do that. And those are the conversations we're having. And that's the, where we want to say, let's everybody have a seat at the table. Everybody who wants a seat at the table, there's a seat at the table for you in, in our association. So let's talk about it and let's decide together. And the wonderful thing about our association is it's not just community paramedics. It's not just EMS agencies. It's not just hospital systems. You know, we have nurses, we have doctors, we have pharmacists, we have social workers that are, and we have the community paramedics that are out there, the boots on the ground, like I call them, but we have emergency room doctors and nurses who are seeing the patients that come in. We have administrators of the hospitals that are seeing the cost uh, that this is causing them. We have payers that are involved. So, so it's very exciting to see this and huge group of people come together and sit at the table and talk about these things 
and and it's not always easy conversations you know sure. there there some conversations uh i, I don't want to say tense but you know they have different points of view and we sit down and we talk about it and we say okay so you know let's meet and talk about it again and, and it's exciting to see how those it's evolving that's great really good stuff um martha uh, Chuck is chomping at the bit, so I'm sure his questions are just going to be off the chart great. So I'll, uh, I'll let Chuck ask you a couple as well, too. I hope you don't mind fielding all these questions from us because it is a very interesting subject matter. Interesting. Absolutely not. It's my pleasure. No, Martha, I want to backtrack. You mentioned IBSC. So there may be listeners that, you know, I, I know uh, we are always careful in my role to when we talk about things to to define, and I know one of the things that you guys are doing very well is actually developing the vocabulary and and the definitions and and really what I call laying the infrastructure for MIH. And congratulations for doing that, kudos. But can you go back and tell us what IBSC is, just for those listeners who may not know, and then expand on that a little bit. What is the speak? What are, what are you developing in a way of that underlying foundation? Uh, that we can build on in the industry. Yeah, so IVSC, and, and yeah, uh, I'm right there with you, Chuck. I mean, I have learned more acronyms in the last 18 <laughs> months than ever in That's my our life. World. I mean, first meetings I was in, I was writing these down at lightning speed, because I don't know, I got probably 15 acronyms just in the first half hour meeting, and I was like, what do all these things mean? <laughs> so now I'm starting to use them, so that's not good. Um, but IBSC is the International Board of Specialty Certification. So I, oh, I knew that. Time. <laughs> <laughs> and they do tests for all kinds, you know, flight paramedic, field paramedics. They do have a test. They're, it's the only test is pretty sure, 98% sure. It's the only test in the United States for certifying a community paramedic. Okay. Um, which, which can be very different, you know, from you think of, um, you know, MIH, Mobile Integrated Healthcare, was born out of EMS, um, definitely. But when your EMS worker would first go out there, they're going into an emergency situation. They're trying to take care of that emergency and transport that patient to where he can get more permanent help. And Mobile Integrated Healthcare is kind of just opposed to that. They're going in pre-emergency. They're trying to catch that patient before he grabs the phone and calls 911 and trying to take care of that patient before. So there's a test developed, you know, there's there's manuals out there uh, to study different skills that you need to have on top of your EMS skills uh, to deal with a situation because you're not going into emergency situation, you're going into a different kind of situation. Um, so. Uh, IBSC or the International Board of Specialty Certifications has developed the test. Once you go through the courses, you get certified as a community paramedic. Now, there are many states out there that do not require this. Most states do not require the specialty certifications. And I would uh, put the word yet at the end. Yeah. Um, you know, and some yep. hospitals want it, and some, it, it, it's very much uh, uh, people are choosing whether they want that their paramedics to have that certification or not. But one thing is true that I think if if mobile integrated healthcare and community paramedics are going to gain the respect they deserve and they want, we're going to have to prove it through education. And at the end of every education program is some kind of test yep. to prove that you have gained that education. 
So that's where the IBSC comes in. Um, kind of, you know, you take the test and now you're certified and you could tell everybody, you know, yes, I learned the material just like any other, you know, uh, sure. degree, any other, what the nurses have to do, what a phlebotomist has to do, what a social worker has to do, all those things. Mm -hmm. Great. And you mentioned state by state. So I know your uh, your organization is spearheading some legislative efforts. Can you speak to that? Just and, and it, it's varied, I'm sure, and I know it's in the infancy. But can you give us an idea of where that train is heading in the legislative area uh, across the country? Yeah. So yeah, and every state is different. So we do have one of our committees that uh, we want people we want people to be involved in all our committees. Uh, but definitely the legislation and regulatory committee. So what we're trying to do with this committee is to get at least one representative from each state. And so right now, you know, we have 26 states that are members. So we're out there actively looking for other states that are not members yet uh, or don't have representation to tell us what's happening. Because I mean, legislation is, is so different in each state. So it's important for us to have representation in each one, letting us know, hey, this bill is out there. This is what it says. This is when it's going before the House, the Senate, et cetera. Um, but mainly what we're trying to do is develop language that we can give to each state as legislation is developing or changing uh, and say, hey, this would be really helpful to have this language in your bill. And you know what? And this is some other language that may be limiting and would be better to stay away from. We've seen several states that have some legislation in place kind of give a scope of practice to the community paramedic, which is listing what they can do, which is great if you look at it, but also limiting for the future because now if the, if the scope of practice, if we want to grow mobile integrated healthcare, now it's limited by this legislation and we have to go back and edit it. So one of the first things that, that we did on our professional standards committee is come up with a true definition of what mobile integrated healthcare is and within that what community paramedicine is. And there's a lot of, you know, there's several definitions, especially of community paramedics flowing, floating around, but we got input from all those areas and we came up with a, um, what I feel is an excellent definition. And that sounds easy. Um, I will tell you that took months and we had input again our committee was vast it was over it was between 15 and 20 people from around the country different areas again uh, from community paramedics to hospital systems and all that um, looking at each and every word in that definition to make sure it was not exclusive it was not leaving anybody out and it was also not um, tying us into the future growth of this industry. So those definitions are out there. They've been published. They're on our website. And, um, you know, we had just a couple weeks ago, the state of Ohio, a representative from the state of Ohio called us and said, can you give me those definitions? Because we want, we're starting to come through legislation and we want to use that language in our legislation. So that's exactly what the association aims to do. That's great. And do you see any of that legislation uh, advancing uh, as far as payment? Uh, obviously our topic here centers on reimbursement and um, where, where do you see, uh, is there anything uh, on the horizon promising where there'll be some reimbursement mandates, state Medicaid, uh, federal level, uh, what, what's the speak so far on that? Yeah, I think we're in the very infancy stages of that, but definitely heading towards that. And, and, and what I've learned in this industry it is moving so quickly. So I don't think it's very far away. I think getting CMS on board and like I said, proving outcomes and getting the payers on board 
uh, be because you've proved the outcomes and you've proved how this is not only better for the community health-wise, but it's saving money to the hospital, to the payers, to CMS um, is, is, is the first step. And I think we're on the cusp of that. I think we see payers coming on board more and more. We see CMS, they have the hospital at home waiver which was started with COVID, but now it's been extended because they're, they are seeing lots of benefits with hospital at home, which to me is now a part of mobile integrated healthcare and definitely being done by the community paramedic. Um, so yeah, we're continuing on that ground. We're working with several states on their MIH committees. Uh, we have Indiana has an MIH committee forum. New York has an MIH committee forum. Maryland, who's doing amazing things. And, and they've invited us to be part and have a seat at the table. So we will continue to do that more and more. That's great. Well, and I think uh, once ET3 results come in, it's going to shine um, a bright spotlight on. I know I'm I'm still active with uh, a hospital-based EMS organization. Here he tells us this Washington, every PA. episode. <laughs> we we can't have an episode without Gary, Chuck telling us he's still active look, out there. Gary, just because they gave you your card during COVID and you're afraid <laughs> to go out, don't trust those of us. I'm actually doing patients a favor by not going out there, Chuck. <laughs> Chuck but I Chuck, I'm, I'm still active with my local service. Yep, we've got it on tape, Chuck. We'll just play oh, yeah, it all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, we're, well, yes, and, and he busts me all the time on this, Martha, please forgive me. But nonetheless, um, uh, I'm, we're seeing the results of this. Um, and, and, and just um, in our meetings, you know, talking about how we're diverting patients away from ED overcrowding and getting them to alternative destinations. And then the whole telehealth thing, I got to tell you, I trained on those little, you know, now I'm an old guy, you know, but trained on those little cameras and the amazing part of you know putting that stethoscope is you know and then uh, transmitting that to the doc it's pretty high tech i'm thinking of watching you know star trek when you know scotty used to wave that wand and we're doing that now it's very interesting so uh, i'm excited to see what like et3 and the results of all this is going to be because uh, I know Gary and Ned and I talk all the time about when we were kids, you know, watching Johnny and Roy run around in that little red squad with emergency. I think this is the next emergency. And uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, interesting, but I think ET3 is going to shine a lot of light on potential savings. And, and I have a feeling, whether you agree, it would be interesting to get your take, but I think that will really uh, uh, move CMS forward. And I'm hoping that that's the case. Yeah. For sure. Yes, I I agree. I do. I think data outcome is the biggest. It's our biggest ally right now. We have to find a way to get the data, and uh, that it's provable that this works not only for the patient and the outcome and the improvement of our community. Because there's two sides to this. There's the people that are just looking at the money. You know, the payers, CMS, the hospital systems. They're just looking at the money. But I think we need to also look at the the person who's getting the service and how their life is improved and how their life, you know, they're no longer calling 911 every time and their quality of life is improved and we prove that outcome as well. That's only, it, it's two-sided. Mm -hmm. Martha, Martha um, uh, just a couple things. If uh, one of our listeners or any of our listeners would like to, to learn more about um, your organization, where can they go? What's, what's your website? It's um, www. Um, N-A-M-I-H-P.org. So it stands for National Association MIH Providers. 
namihp.org. And there they can join, they can just send contact and uh, it'll generate an email to us with questions. They can sign up for our newsletter and stay kind of in touch with what we have. There's a tab for industry news there. There's a tab right now that's legislation. It's being populated as we speak. So it might not be fully, you know, give it a week or so our developers are working and it's just a quick access by state of what we know the legislation is out there and is. Um, you can see who our board of directors are and contact them. Once you become a member, which is really not expensive at all, it's, it's a very much nominal fee. We are not for profit. Um, the cool thing, it takes you to the member access. We have a lot of education on there that we've done, but it also has, I call it our own little private LinkedIn of MIH. And so it looks much like LinkedIn where you can see all the members, what state they're in, what their role in MIH is, and you can just press a little button, connect with them directly um, without really even having their email or phone number. It just sends them direct email or text message. And networking is a big part of this association and getting you know people talking across the disciplines in MIH, but also across state lines. Well, thank you. This is this has been very, very informative, and uh, thank you for joining us. I'm, I'm afraid to say we probably lost half our listeners when Chuck started going down the Star Trek and Scotty uh, path, but uh, most of them probably have no clue who they are, but uh, way, three of us do. Any, anyway, but uh, no, Martha, thank you so much for that. And uh, might I ask if you'll stick around for a couple minutes with us? Well, we, we've got a couple lighthearted things to do if you'll stay with us. Maybe, Absolutely. Maybe and we I can... wanted to say as a last point, another thing that is on our website, and it, it was sure. put on there this week is those two definitions that we have developed for community paramedic and mobile right. integrated healthcare. So if anybody is interested in getting the exact verbiage behind that, just go to our website and you can find it there. Well, but yes, I'm happy to stick around with you guys. Great. And and we can never have enough acronyms in healthcare. So just keep them coming. We just, <laughs> we thrive on them. So it's crazy. Anyway, so we'll, well, great. Well, maybe we can kind of uh, bring her in on some of this. Um, what do you say? Um, what do you say we do uh, the EMS word of the day, Ed? Or do you think you oh, could give boy. Martha one? Now, oh man! Now Martha is not a healthcare. Opportunity to leave. Yeah, I oh, gave her. Now, now. I, you know what? I think I hear the phone ring. There you go. <laughs> now, be kind to me. I told you I'm not from EMS world. Well, we're gonna let her rephrase the question with uh, uh, a MIH flavor. Okay, yes, so yes, she can well, use her organization yeah. to use the word of the day as she thinks it would be used uh, in an MIH fashion. So, right. Martha, yes. so, uh, I apologize in advance letting Ed do this to you because he literally spends every waking moment a week prior to this I, going through his Funkin' Wagnalls. So he is... <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> and, the, and let's just, for our listeners that may not have heard that correctly, it's Funk, F-U-N-K. And Wagnalls, yes, absolutely. It's a family show. It's a family show. So it's anyway. Show. Yep. Well, as Gary said, Martha, you have, to, you have to use this word in a sentence. I'm going to give you the word. Oh, I'll geez. spell it okay. for you. And normally it's an EMS sentence in that context, but since you have a broader scope in your professional life. We're gonna let you use it in any sense. But the word today that you must use in the sentence is togated. T 
T-O-G-A-T-E-D. He was, up, he was up all night, Martha. I'm guaranteeing you. <laughs> Okay. His poor wife. And so what happens if I have no idea what toe-gated is? Hey, we never do either. We just make it up as you go. We yeah, you have to take a guess. Take a, take a stab at it. Okay, let me think about this for a second. Toe-gated. Toe-gated. Can I have the origin of the word? <laughs> <laughs> She's pushing yeah, the envelope. Actually, I'm going to give you a hint. It's Greek. The origin of the word is <laughs> Greek. The See? origin is Greek. Toe-gated. Toe-gated. Gary, you made fun of me one time when I had the origin of the word. You didn't make fun of Ed. Oh, sorry, Chuck. I'll, I'll be sure to get a jab in before the, the session's over. I don't know, because our, our MIH vehicles are normally like suburban-style vehicles, so they don't have a gate in the back, so you can't get your toe caught in that gate uh, and be toe-gated. So, hmm, <laughs> I'm really having trouble with this. Um, Is that like Animal House, where you had a toga party? You were toga. Toga, toga. 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 Nobody listening knows what that means. <laughs> Can I cheat and look this up in my urban dictionary? Cheating is permitted. Uh, well, Chuck <laughs> lets you off the hook. So, togated actually means clad in a toga. <laughs> really? <laughs> and that is a me How about EMS that? word. So, our EMS So, I was going to say something like, when the MIH team arrived on scene at the fraternity house, a number of potential patients who were togated at the time of their arrival. Very good. Okay, so I'm looking it up because I'm cheating, and it says characteristic of peace or peaceful. So after the MIH team left the patient's house, they were absolutely togated. I might use that today in a memo. Which I don't know. Peaceful and toga parties don't go together, so I'm not sure. I'm right, going back to... Again, John Some Belushi. Of are old enough to know the movie, probably, exactly right. Uh, exactly right. Chuck, do you have one? Do you want to do one? A word? Yeah. Oh no. I or maybe we we'll let Ed, Ed give another one. Ed's yeah, got a couple Ed, Ed there. Give another one. I, I do. Okay, Chuck. This is one for you since you okay. cheated. Yes, oh, right. Uh, we're gonna give you. The word is frowzy. <laughs> F r o w z y. Frowzy. Um, I like that. Um. At the end of the shift of my 12 hours, I was frowzy because I hadn't eaten and I needed a nap. So food, frowzy, drowsy. Like Is that like hangry, Chuck? It's like hangry, yes. Yes. <laughs> well, Chuck, you I noticed, by the way, you did sleep in, slip in the fact that you were at the end of your shift. Yes. Again. <laughs> yeah, of course. But if you were frowzy at the end of your shift, you would be... Dirty, untidy, and or slovenly. Well, I've had those days, <laughs> yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, we all have. <laughs> it's part of being out there in the field. Yes, yeah, like, right. Oh, wait, wait to prompt him, Martha. Thanks for, thanks for that. Yes. Get him started again. Here we go. Martha, you're my new best friend. Yeah, I knew that was coming, so great. Anyway, well, listen, I thought it was a lot of fun. Chuck, uh, you got any news, news from yeah. the EMS world for us? Yeah, in a half serious but very interesting. I have a great story. So you guys know that it's time to celebrate anytime we have a save. And in my home community, um, a, uh, a guy who's a coach, he was actually a star uh, football player. You know, my community is very football oriented. Burke High School is one of the top um, uh, winningest high school programs in the, in the nation historically. 
And uh, this uh, John Pruitt was one of our stars back in uh, uh, back in the 70s. Uh, I think he graduated two years before me, which would have been 1977. And then he went on for a uh, great career at Syracuse University with their football program and then returned home and was a phys ed and, and a coach. Um, he's retired from teaching, but he maintained his coaching uh, credentials with our track team there at Berwick High School. Uh, last month on March 22nd, and that's a key, and so keep that date in mind. Uh, while coaching, he got dizzy and went down into sudden cardiac arrest. Now, the great story here is, is that one of his fellow coaches uh, was CPR certified, noticed right away as the kids yelled, hey, Coach Pruitt's down, I think he's ill, ran over and immediately started CPR. One of the star track girls on our track team ran, and now I walk this track, this is adjacent to a middle school, she ran probably uh, 200 yards or more, uh, sprinted to the door where the uh, principal was there, banged on the door and got the AED, ran it back, and they applied the AED and it administered uh, six shocks. By that time, our crews had arrived from our EMS, which turned out to be one of John's former students, who's now an AEMT with our organization, and she administered her ACLs protocols, and John was brought back to Ross. Now, here's the key. On the 22nd minute of that hour, so now we're at March 22nd, the 22nd minute of the hour, and does anybody want to guess what John's number jersey was in high school and college football? How about that? Number 22. Wow. So talk about, and, and it was just in our newspaper this morning, I read this story, where of course John, the year is 2022 and the year is yeah. 22 yes yeah. bingo so talk about incredible and and i mean the celebration here is is that it turns out that he had an underlying heart condition which was a family condition that um his brother and i uh went to school together and uh unfortunately um uh, larry had passed from sudden cardiac arrest and now they've realized that they had an underlying condition uh, as great athletes they were never aware of. But, you know, the bigger story here is, guys, it, it, EMS works. And everybody came together. Timely uh, bystander CPR, the application of the AED, and people knew how to properly apply it. Fire department QRS arrived on scene. Our crews arrived on scene. And now John and his wife are collecting dollars that uh, they're donating to the local school district that every team now that goes on the road during practice and also at their away games will have an AED either on the bus or there. What a, what a great story. But great the story. whole 22 theme, that just blows my mind. Talk about uh, talk about cool things. But, uh, yeah, close to home and, and a celebration. And, and uh, when I see John, when I walk the track, I'm going to go up and give him a great big handshake because it's great that he's still with us. That's How about that? W wonderful story. And, and you know, um, Ed and Chuck, you know, when we were out there, oh, of course, Chuck is still out there. Um, 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 you know, <laughs> yeah, a bitter. But, you know, a lot of times when we do, you know, uh, cardiopulmonary resuscitation in the field, the outcome was rarely rarely positive but you know with the advent of aeds and new devices uh uh and just improved training and public awareness um 
you know, we're seeing this happening more and more all over the country that, you know, there's there's getting to be more saves. Surely not everybody, but um, the numbers have to be going up. And, you know, as you said, Chuck, that's because a lot of things are coming together. It's uh, it's the the perfect grouping of, you know, the bystanders, the AED, the medics, you know, and of course the patient. So, um, you know, great, great story. It's one that, uh, you know, we love hearing and, um, you know, we'd like to hear more of those. That's for sure from our friends all yeah, over the country. True system, right? The system. Yep. The system yep. works. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It does. So good. Well, listen, um, our time has pretty much come to an end here. Uh, I'm I'm really surprised that Martha has just stuck it out here with us. Uh, it's we'll been have, so much fun. We're going to have to have her back just as one of the hosts. Like she fits in real well. Um, I'm sure she's going to be busy that day. Um, <laughs> after what we hey, I'll her. tell you what. If one of you guys wants to go on vacation, I'll come and I'll sit in. There we know. have a guest and host. Maybe I'll bring a word or two of my own. Hey, um, you know, if Jimmy Fallon does it. And why not? Right. We can have guests there's no no problem with that so great well martha once again thank you you uh you represent something in our industry that is well needed and we look and look forward to hearing great great things about what you and uh the good folks at Mo- uh, national association of mobile integrated Healthcare providers are doing uh and so keep up the great work and thank you for joining us Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on here. You're welcome. And to my colleagues, Ed and Chuck, as always, great times, guys. Always enjoy this this uh, this podcast, as our listeners do. Um, as crazy as some of, some of it gets sometimes, uh, we do apologize for the old references here. That's all we know. We're old guys. So for you younger folks, go home and look up Funk and Wagnalls and look up Star Trek and Scotty and all those things. You'll see that they, that was more of the 60s and 70s. Um, but uh, nonetheless, we are so glad that you took time out of your day to join us. Um, we always, always enjoy uh, presenting this program for you. So with that said, let me just end by saying, hey, be, be safe, safe out, out there. there.